got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of John. Be sitting in John. Um, when the plane door shut, we will soon, don't know how soon, but soon, and I want you to be missions. We, we do missions. My heart is missions. My heart is to, to go there for and make disciples. This week's verse is there found in Acts 1.8, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part in time. Chapel Hill Baptist Church, we will have Jerusalem, we will have Judea, we will have Samaria, and we will have the uttermost parts. We will, in time, it takes time, we will in time begin COVID, COVID, the mask, even though uh, the governor is taking the mask mandate out. We're going to keep masks, it seems, in our pockets for some places we may still have to go in. You see, signs are off. We, we've done, and we're just, we're just going continue to continue to move forward and as the rest of the world moves forward as a church. And, but missions is a vital part of, of a church. A church that's not on mission is not a church. It's a social club. A church that's not... Be in the hands of feet of Jesus. It's just a, a social gathering and missions. Jerusalem is home. Judea, I view Judea as state. Uh, Samaria, outside the state, uttermost parts, we go out there. We will go. And, and here's my thing. This is what I want you to be, even on a Wednesday night. Which one are you going to? Some of you say, well, I, I can't go far, far off. Everybody can pray, give, go. SBC, Southern Baptist, they do a really good job. Pray, give, go. Some of you say, well, I'll be a prayer warrior. Praise God. You've got you to gotta know there's people back home that's got your back. You've got to know that there's people when you're wherever, whether you're in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or uttermost part, wherever you find yourself, that you know those godly men and women are on their knees. I have people that regularly say, hey, look, I pray for you, I pray for you, I pray for you. But when we go and we're out being His hands, and His feet, which we as the church are every single day we walk out those doors. Praise God to know you've got people back home that are praying. Give. Some people say, look, I can't go. I'm, I, I just can't do it. I'd love to, but I can give to it. Praise God. You've got to have the giving. You've got to have the prayers, and you've got to have the givers to make it all work. Money makes the world go round. We already know that. We are, let me tell you, Wednesday night crowd, we're $750 short of our $5,000 goal for Annie Armstrong. Let somehow, Holy Spirit of God, move throughout this room right here to take care of that Sunday, somehow. Everybody in the room give 10 bucks and it's taken care of. Oh, but we're 750 short of our $5,000 goal. Give as the Holy Spirit leads you. It takes money to make ministries work. Pray, give, go. 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 And here's the thing. I can, I can, I can show slides. I'm going to bring people in and May will have people in. Um, and you can fall in love with people, but the Holy Spirit starts talking to you, and He says, go. Then you got to go. When the Holy Spirit says, go, and some of you are sitting there thinking, I'm not a go, I'm a prayer and a giver. Those are easy, aren't they? Some of you, some of you have already said, yep, I'm praying for missions. I'm going to be, I, I can give a little more to missions, but now going, no, that's not me. But have you prayed about it yet? When you pray about it, when you step back and you say, hey, the preacher's talking about we're going to start Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts. We are. We're going to be doing those things. We're going to be going those places. My heart's in Ecuador. 
We're going to be going to Ecuador. Who's going to Ecuador with me? I'm not asking you to raise your hand yet. I'm not asking you to stand up yet, but we're going to be going to Ecuador. Uh, one of the teams, we've got a team leaving right now. We're there on the plane. They're getting, they'll get down there at midnight tonight. Uh, we were able to go. We are able to get down there. We're down there. We're going to go. We're going to, we're going to have an opportunity to do that. And, and, and my prayer is it's from grassroots. It's, it's from the Holy Spirit leading it. It's from the Spirit of God speaking into your life. And we as a church, my heart, this is not who I am. I'm not one of those that we uh, do a little here and do a little there, do a little there. No, we invest, we go deep, we build long-term relationships. I mean, I don't know, 10-year, 11-year relationship long. And y'all are it. Y'all are my army. That now we co- go together. We all are in this together. And you say, yeah, but that's your thing. No, that's, that's, where, that's where we gotta, that's where we got to pray. And when you see it, the Holy Spirit starts working in you. And you say, well, you know what? I, I feel like the Lord is calling me to do something. And I don't know. I don't have a clue. That's where God wants you. Right now, right now you know what this is? This is a teaser. And let me tell you, if you've already said, I ain't, I'll pray, but that's it. Your heart's wrong. If you say, well, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll, throw, I'll write a check at it, your heart's wrong. But you ain't even had time to pray yet. Don't make a decision without praying first. Don't make a, don't make a, a, a potential life-changing decision without letting the Holy Spirit bathe bathe a lot of it because you don't even know the rest of the story yet do you you don't you don't know the rest of the story when the plane door shut you ever been on a mountain you ever been on a mountaintop i've been on a mountaintop never been on a mountaintop i can't breathe on the mountaintop i can barely breathe on the base of the mountain but i've been at the base of the mountain i've seen god do amazing things on the mountain and the danger is the plane doors eventually shut but on many of those week-long, 10-day, 12-day mission trips and see those light bulbs go off, those aha moments, the Spirit of God just transform a person, take a person who is a pew warmer at best. And I say that because I love you. Pew warmer at best in God's They see God in a way and it radically transforms their lives. But the scariest part of any of those is when the plane doors shut. You ever been on a conference? You ever been to a conference? You ever been to an event? You ever had a, uh, let's break it down, vacation Bible school. Vacation Bible school's coming. That's Jerusalem. We need Jerusalem workers for vacation Bible school. That's in the announcements for tonight. I think that's on the page, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? If it's not, you'll see it Sunday. I know it's on one of these sheets of paper, but VBS is coming. We need Jerusalem workers right here. But have you ever had that vacation Bible school to where it was just amazing? You saw God work, and, and here's the thing. You fell in love with that child, and that week did more for you than it did for that kid. But at the end of the week, you opened that door, and you told them bye, and you let them out, and you waved at the family, and the door shut. Very similar to the plane door shutting. Could be a conference you go to. Could be a men's conference. We've got a lot of people going to a men's conference. They're good, 
But I'll tell you this, you get out of it what you put into it. You can go because I'm signed up, free food, a lot of fellowship, preacher forced me to do it. You should just go ahead and get your name taken off the list. You're going to miss it. Your heart's not right. Listen, if your heart's not right, you're going to miss everything that's going on. If your heart's not right, you're going to miss what God's doing. Everybody else will be seeing asteroids and meteorites and be seeing amazing things. And, and it's like, wow, did you see that? And you're just sitting over there with your heart not right and you're going to miss it. I guarantee you, you'll miss it. I pray nobody's door's already shut. I've been here six months now. And I pray nobody's already missing it. But when the plane door shuts, I've, I've said it many, many times. It's part of the preparation for getting ready to go on mission trips. We do a lot of work. We do a lot of preparation. We do a lot of, a lot of closeness. We get, to, we get really close as a group. We fall in love with one another. You fall, fall in love with each other. And then you go there and you fall in love, most of all, first of all, with Jesus. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. At, at, a, at a point on the trip, when we're... We're getting there in the anticipation. You'll, you'll always hear me say toward the toward middle half of the trip, I'll start saying this, we're leaving soon. We're leaving soon. Go ahead and start getting ready because we're leaving soon. You get on into day five, six, seven, and, and it's time. And, and look, we're, we're leaving tomorrow morning. We're leaving. Don't miss what God is doing. And don't miss what God has done. And don't leave it here. Because the most dangerous moment is about to happen. The plane doors are about to shut. I could have said the wheels are about to lift off. I could, have said, I could have said lots of different things about an airplane, but I said the plane doors are about to shut. And when the plane doors shut, this is what happens more times than not. If we're not careful and we're not prayed up and our hearts aren't where they ought to be, it's like, wow, that was great, that was fun, and now we get in and we take our little ear things and we put them in our ears and we go to sleep and we get off and we go right back to life and forget what God just done. Have you ever been to a conference and it was like, wow, have you ever been to a revival or a vacation Bible school? And it was a mountaintop experience, but then you go to work and it's like, this weekend didn't even happen. It was amazing while you were there, but then you get home and it's like, didn't even happen. How do you keep it going? How do you keep the mountain going? I cannot manufacture. I can manufacture a lot of emotional things in you through words. But God has to, God has to move the Spirit inside of you. God has to do the work inside of you that makes it last. Beyond, you know, the plane door shut and you're still on fire. The wheels touch down and you get back to the States and you're like, wow, let me tell you what my God just did. And you get back to work and you get back to school and you say, let me tell you what my God just done. He showed out. <sighs> Guys, I tell you, I've seen it so, so many times. Do not miss what God wants to do inside of you. Don't you dare go ahead and say, Wednesday night crowd, I'm telling you, I'm not telling Sunday morning crowd yet. But I'm telling Wednesday night crowd right now, don't go ahead and say, well, you know what, I'm just going to pray. God ain't called me to international missions. God hadn't called me to go. I'm too old. 
I've got this leg. I've got this, this. Don't do it. You ain't even had time to pray about it. I'm still running my mouth. If you let God be God in your life, Plain doors are shut every single day, but he's still blowing your mind. The disciples, let me give you an example. Let me give you what the Bible says. Go over, there's an interesting story that takes place in John chapter 21. Look at John 21. Jesus has come up out of the tomb. We just come. You guys did an awesome job. Dude, you was an amazing Jesus. You, where is that dude? Somebody, you are mean. I watched him practice and practice and practice, and a kick makes no noise. But what I heard made noise, didn't it, brother? You were kicking that poor dude, wasn't you? Look at him. He's mean. He kicked the fire out of him, and they practice and they practice, and he get up through here, and I hear him. I'm hearing. I'm like, that hurt. That's foot the ribs right there. That's why I ain't playing Jesus with you. But Jesus is resurrected, he's alive, he's going around, and he's been seen. <clears throat> the disciples have had their mountaintop experience with Christ. There's a lot of uncertainty going on. There's a lot of questions with what's next and what's to come. And in John chapter 21, we get this very, very interesting story of what takes place. Verse 21, chapter 21, verse 1, after these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two other of his disciples were together. There seven of the disciples were together. And notice what Peter says. There's a lot of arguments about about this text, you can go different directions. Was Peter just going back to his life? Was he like, look, we got to make a living, guys. Let's just go fish. Uh, but I take it a different angle. I take it a different direction. Plain doors have shut. Mountains top experience is over. Let's just go back to life. Let's go back to business as usual. Let's just go back to what I'm accustomed to. Let me go back to my rat wheel. Let me go back to my rat race wheel that I wake up, I wake up, and I hit this button, and I get up, and I run in there, and I, I go to the bathroom, and I use the bathroom, and I brush my teeth, and I, I finally wake up, and I go out the door, and I do my life, and I don't get in trouble, and I pay my taxes, and I don't get in speeding tickets, and I make, I do, I make my widgets, I sell my widgets, I, I do whatever God has told me to do, and I come home, and I eat supper, and watch a little TV, and I go to bed, and I do it again tomorrow. And guess what I do the next day? The same thing, and the same thing. The disciples, Peter looked over at them, over at these seven, and said, look, Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. Again, it's not bad. Fishing's not bad. Fishing was their trade. Remember over in Luke 5, 1 through, I don't know, 6, 7, 8, somewhere, Jesus, Jesus said, hey, cast you on the other side. And they're like, we've fished all night. They're not going to catch anything. What are you wasting our time? And they did it anyway. And they couldn't even drag all the fish in. So here comes Peter back to what Peter naturally does, what Peter did pre-Jesus. 
Peter here is doing post-Jesus. The doors are shut. Peter here is... Peter here is going back to his life, the, the, the three and a half years walking with the Messiah, the, the transfiguration, the, the going down to the sea and pulling some coins out of a fish's mouth and, and watching Lazarus come forth and seeing all of these amazing things, these mountaintop experiences. Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster the disciples must have been on? And he says, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. And they went out, and they got in a boat that night, and they caught. How many fish did they catch that night, church? None. But how in the world can the disciples who, Jesus said, what you, what you, uh, what you, what is it, what was his word? What you claim on earth, be claimed in heaven, and what you release on earth, be released in heaven. These dudes had power, these these guys had wonder-working power. And they can't catch fish. And these are fishermen and they can't catch fish. They caught nothing all night long. Verse 4. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And so Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? And they answered him, No. How's it working without me? It ain't. How, how, how's that fishing going without me? It ain't going without you. You see it? Or you see where I'm going with this whole Wednesday night thing? The doors shut while we're there, while we're on the mountaintop. We wake up and we're in our Word and we're, we go together and we're, we're just telling each other we're praising God. People are being saved, lives are being changed, ministry is being done, and we're walking moment by moment with Christ. He is in our boat. He is in our life. He's in every decision we make. He leads us to lunch. He leads us to everywhere. He leads every intentional moment. But when the plane door shut, wait a second, Lord, bye, I got this, see you. And we buckle up and we put our earbuds in and we cut our movie on and I jump back on my rat wheel. How's that work for you? How many fish you catching? None. Guys, I'd, I'd argue that most of you, unless you're just visiting from off the street, unless you, this is your first few times you've been in church, you've seen, you've been on a mountaintop experience with God. And he's blown your mind. And I'm here to tell you that there's not a moment of your life that he does not want to blow your mind. There's a, there's, it's every moment of every day he wants to absolutely blow your mind. But he's got to be in the boat. He's got to be a part of the conversation. He's got to be in the the plan. He's got to be in it. Why is it when we go on a mission trip or when we're having a revival or we're having vacation Bible school or we're having kids camp that we pray it up? But Monday's coming and we, we wave at Jesus through the, little, through the little portal. Hey Jesus, I got it. I'm back on the plane. I'm headed home. Delta will get me there safely. See you next year when I come back. And you shut the... 
And we wonder why our boats are empty. Our nets are empty. Our spirits are empty. Our cups are empty. Because I don't need him to do life. I'm okay. I, these, these, these youngins right here can do school with their eyes closed. You've done done it. How many days? 140 days? 130 days already? You know what tomorrow's happening, right? Yeah. I got this. I just got to get through another one and get through another one. And it, who's a senior? How many more days? 27 more days. That's all that matters. Jesus, Jesus, get me through 27 more days and then I'll wave at the, hey, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to the beach. See ya. And we off. They easy to throw stones at. But what about the rest of us? You can do your job blindfolded. You can do your widget, and you can sell your stuff, and you can run your copies, and you can take care of people, and you can say, nah. you can do all this stuff that we harp and complain, and oh, you got into the job. If you don't like it, quit. Quit complaining about it. Get a new career. Stop. Whoa, is me. You don't know what I'm having to deal with. Get another job. Or invite Jesus to that one. Missions is hard. Work is hard in the ministry. Jesus has got to be in the boat. Jesus has got to be in our life. He's got to be in the plan. He's got to be in the He's got to be in the aspects of it or or that dangerous moment when the door is shut coming home. From a mission trip, you've just seen the mountain. You've just experienced and walked with God and seen Him use you in ways that you never dreamed possible. And without, and you'll get it, this will make so much more sense when it happens to you. It'll make, it'll make so much more sense when this sermon on April, whatever it is, of 2021, you look back on it in months from now and years from now, and you say, Brother Shannon, you're exactly right. It's easy to walk with God when you've got all the distractions torn away from you. It's easy to walk with God when you've separated yourself off and you're with other people who are so singular-focused and so purpose-driven in their pursuit and passion is so easy but when I get back home I can just do this on my own but guys let me tell you what we're getting done when we're doing it on our own nothing is being caught Jesus says to him Jesus says to professional fishermen from the shore from 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 a guy who ain't a fisherman He's a carpenter's son. And he looked at professional fishermen and he says, let me tell you how to do it. No, he may not do school or make widgets or do what you do, but he knows what to do. And he knows what's right. And he looks at the guys and he says, 
And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you will find a catch. So they cast, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said said to Peter, It's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out his out, put it, put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the water. But the other disciples came in the little boats, for they were not far from land, but about one hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. Notice this. Keep reading. So when they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid, and fish placed on it in bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you had now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the nets was not even torn. Without him, they caught nothing. But by just listening to him, they caught a hundred and fifty-three. That's impossible. The nets didn't even break. How in the world can... I don't even want to say how in the world. I just want, to, I just want you to see, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You guys right here in this little section. When you let God in your boat, there's nothing impossible. When you let God in the boat of your life and let Him call the shots, Lord, which side do you want me to cast? What do I do? What do I do today? Who do you want me to see? Here she comes. Here He comes. What do you want me to say to them? How do you want me to act? Lord, He was mean to me last time. Lord, I want to love Him like You would love Him. Lord, she's hurt my feelings. I want to love her like You would love her. And you allow God to help you moment by moment and do not give in to, well, nobody else is doing it. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You guys run your race. You run the race set before you. You do what God has told you to do. Yeah, but what about them? Don't worry about them. Yeah, but she's being blessed. Don't worry about her. You run your race and keep Christ in the very center and let Him guide your steps in your walk and keep Him in the center of your world, period. And He will forever and ever and ever. I promise you in Jesus' name, He will never leave you nor forsake you. And He will always blow your mind. I promise you. I'm not lying to you. He will always blow your mind. Even when we are just doing, we're just back to the business of life. The mountaintop was was over and the plane door has shut. Peter looks at the guys and says, hey guys, I'm going fishing. And they went out and they started doing life without him and they caught nothing church don't do life without Jesus do not do your life without Jesus you may look successful but you're not you may look effective but you're not you may look like you're making a difference for the kingdom but let me go ahead and tell you again you're not you're running on your rat wheel, and you're looking busy, and you're looking like boy. but for the kingdom, what are you doing for the kingdom? 
Where's the fruit being bare? Where's the surrendering? Where is the taking up the cross daily and following Him? Where is the surrender and the obedience and the mind of Christ in waving at Jesus every single day? Take that same analogy. How many of us, church, if we're not careful, we're on the plane ride of life and every morning we peep our little window open and we say, Hey Lord, I love you. Thank you for a good night's sleep. Bless me today. In Jesus' name, amen. And we fly off. And we get home at night and thank you. Help me do better tomorrow. Love you. You're a good God. boy. High five. And you shut it. That's real, church. And we wonder why we don't catch fish. We wonder why we don't. If we're honest, Jesus is sitting on the shore of each one of our lives. How y'all doing down there? What you catching from me? Jesus knew they had caught nothing. But you know what he wanted to hear them say? We ain't got nothing, Lord. Doing it on our own, doing it without you, doing it our way, doing it the way we know how, doing it in our own strength, doing it in our own power, doing it the way we think is right, just, God, it ain't working. You know what that's called? Confession. Who confessed here? Seven of the eleven at this time disciples. Seven of the eleven disciples looked at the God of the universe on the shore and had to. These are these are trained fishermen, professionals. This is their trade. Back at God on the shore and said, You got me, God. I don't have nothing. Throw it on the right side. It's not hard. Doing it, doing it Jesus' way is not hard. It's just Jesus' way. Notice how, notice this. Notice how Jesus didn't say, look, I want you to go to the store and I want you to get a brand new reel and I want you to get this kind of bait and I want you to get this kind of hook and I want the, I want the line to be this number line and the weights have got to be this line weight and I want you to go out at this certain time. I want you to do all this stuff. No, He don't want us to change anything. He wants us to use the tools and instruments and the giftings and the power that we currently have and just do it His way. He's not asking you to change anything except bring Him along. You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta go. Well, I look, and a lot of you guys are like, "Look, preacher told me I gotta go buy a new boat." No, he didn't. <laughs> you ain't getting a new boat. You gotta let Jesus in the one you got. We've all come off a mountain, and every single day there's this. There's this. The door shuts. Is he on the plane? I could chase it. If y'all were preaching it, you could preach it a thousand different ways. Some of you are sitting here, you ought to hit him with this one, preacher. 
Because some of you never know, God could be calling you to preach. God could be calling you to be a missionary. God could be calling you to go you therefore into all nations and make disciples. And you say, some of you are like, no, not me. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm praying about it. Great. Great. Don't tell him no before you even ask him. <laughs> See, telling him no before you ask him is kind of like fishing all night and catching no fish. When the best thing to do is, all right, Lord, we're going fishing. Oh, I got all this stuff. What you want me to take? I ain't grabbing nothing. I ain't picking nothing up till you tell me to pick it up. Well, you got to have a pole. Gotcha. Get in the pole. What else? Well, get your life vest. Sure, I get my life vest. I mean, you're like, you're like, that is so foolish. No, it's not. It's called surrender. That's called obedience. That's called, Lord, you got me. I'm yours, and I'm just going to move when you say move and be who you say be because I know when I do it in my power, I'm going to catch nothing. But God, when I just sit there and do it your way, when I do it your way, you may blow my mind. I may get 153 fish. If the disciples had been told that morning, look, you were going to get 153 fish, they would have said, there is no way my net will hold it. Or John wouldn't have said, the nets didn't even break. There's a reason he said it. It was to point out the miracle That God wants to do in every one of our lives. Plane door's about to shut. Mountaintop was here tonight. Plane door's shutting. And the choice is yours what you do with it. Here's what happens. We walk out of Wednesday nights and we walk out of Sundays and we walk out of times like this to where every one of our focuses... We're not focused on nothing else. We're trying to say, Lord, what are you saying to me tonight? And he said something specific and unique to just you. And you're about to go out those doors and the sanctuary doors are about to shut. And the front doors are about to shut. And the car doors are about to shut. And the front door of your house is about to shut. And your bedroom door is about to shut. Every door possible is about to lock him out. And that rat wheel, Satan's got that rat wheel awaiting you. And he's saying, oh, you can, listen, listen. That preacher, all that spiritual stuff, he's got you all excited. Listen, that ain't who you are. That ain't who you are. The people out there know you. They know what a mess up you are. They know you. And here's what God's saying. Yeah, but I'm going to show you me. I'm about to show out. The world, the lie from Satan is, look, when you step out and you be obedient and you go and start doing that stuff, they're going to make fun of you, they're going to talk about you. Listen, you messed up in the past. You did who knows what in the past. But my thing is, you're here tonight. There's a reason y'all are here tonight, too. Because y'all could have been in the back and missed it. But you didn't. Plain doors are about to shut. If you don't let Jesus in, nothing's going to happen. 
But if Jesus is in there, in every moment of it and in every decision of it, as simple as just throw the net over there. And God showed out. More times than not, people hear something like that and they hear, oh well, preacher's fixing to put a sign-up list and he's going to ask me to sell it all and we're all moving to Africa. We laugh, but that's what the devil says. No, he just won't sin. He just won't sin. He just won't sin. Don't shut him out. If you shut him out, I'm telling you right now, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be miserable. You can stay in this room and you can keep your position at this church and you can continue to come in and out and act like you're somebody and all that. But if you got God outside of your life, then nothing is going to happen. But when you let God in, the impossible happens. Father God in heaven, we come to you now. I pray on behalf of each person here. I pray for me, Lord. Please help me. God, who in the world am I? I'm so weak. I'm a mess up. God, I'm a mess up. So unworthy. But Lord, I trust you. I lean on you. I lean on you for it all. God, around this room, we got a lot to do. I see an urgency and I see a short time to do it. And God, I, this big old machine, this big old train, this big old thing, and there's, there's, there's a Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost part out there. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit of God, that you would begin stirring in the spirit of this room. God, that your sons and daughters, your soldiers of the cross would be asking in their spirit, God, where do I fit in in all this? I get it. Some can only pray. I get it. Lord, some can, some can probably only give. But God, I look around this room and I see a lot. I see really, I don't, I don't see many that can just pray and just, can just give. I see an army that can go. Lord, send me, I'll go. Such a dangerous prayer, Lord. Such a dangerous prayer. Send me. Because I'll go. But you got to catch the fish, Lord. We're going to starve. Because we can't catch nothing on our own. We don't even know where the fish are. Even though we're professional fishermen, we don't even know where the fish are. We'd starve to death on our own, Lord. God, for such a time as this, this army right here, what do you want to do for your glory and for your great namesake? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Night, night, y'all.